from supermodel to street evangelist with a magical America's Got Talent superstar for a husband, you are in for a treat today, my friends, with our special guest. Stay tuned to hear more about Carrie Tavella. What superhero do you relate to most? I'm so curious. Why? Each of us has our own innate nuclear power. It's God-given. And yet, we're all out here wondering, searching, forgetting, and suppressing. I know I was. It's okay. No judgments here. But I am going to get real. As a life and career coach, it's kind of my job. And you chose the show, so no one is forcing you. But the force is real. And the question I really want to ask is, what's your superpower? I'm Sharon Davenport. I've been called a real-life Wonder Woman. This show is designed to activate you alongside other superheroes. It's time that you arise, put your cape on, and fly. Carrie Tavella, the wife of America's Got Talent winner Dustin Tavella, had quite a successful run in the entertainment industry as a model and an actress. Carrie has been featured on billboards and magazines and television shows, commercials and movies. Amidst her success, she hit rock bottom with drugs and alcohol and in 2015 decided to walk away from it all. She knew pursuing a radical relationship with Jesus was more important than her career, especially if it meant losing herself in the process. Carrie is passionate about sharing her story and desires to captivate people in a way that will help them to avoid the destructive path she found herself on. Her mission in life is to nurture, protect, and restore God's design to broken people through her extreme transparency. Welcome, Carrie. So excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so stoked to be here. It's so awesome meeting you. <laughs> Me too. I, we recently met at the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference. And in, in just hearing Carrie, before she ever went up on stage and talked, just getting to know her kind of behind the scenes is just like, holy cow, man, everybody needs to hear your story. Story, Carrie. So I'm excited. So, but before we get into the story piece, um, one thing that I always ask all of our guests on here is who is your favorite superhero and why? And this could be like oh, across man. the board. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but it, it would be Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I actually, it's so funny because I have my, I have three and four year old boys and they're obsessed with everything superhero spider-man all of them but i have a little action figure and i'm always telling them like this is the greatest of all time <laughs> he's the real superhero you have a jesus action figure yeah i do that's awesome <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> you're not the only one because people have used you know other other bible biblical heroes as as their superheroes so when you yeah that's yeah, cool <laughs> I'm so, so fun. Um, and I love that you play with Jesus along with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to remind them. Like, he's the real one. Okay. He's right. The <laughs> there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so then next, you know, what would you say is your unique superpower and how do you use it in your day to day? I want to make you think on this one. <laughs> I feel like mine would definitely be vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, I... 
love going first and just like kind of paving the way for other people to just feel safe enough to share something mm -hmm. for the first time. I love just, um, yeah, the vulnerability that really takes the shame off of people and mm -hmm. helps them to just be free of stuff they've been, you know, hiding or holding in for sometimes their whole lives. That's, that's yes. absolute favorite thing. I love that. I love that. And what a gift that you're out there helping people to walk that out and, and going first so that they see, Hey, this is not, this is, you can do this too. And you can walk out of this lifestyle. So kind of on that same vein, you know, you were, you're obviously gorgeous for those that are watching and um, yeah. you, you, you were a supermodel and then transformed by the Holy spirit. So please share some of your story with our friends listening. Yeah, so I um I'm from Ohio, super small town in Ohio, and um, you know I was just like on a really bad path, and um I didn't grow up Christian. We I was Catholic, so we went to church like you know once a year on Christmas, gotcha. and um yeah I uh, I just I mean from a young age though, like when I was really young, I was just super bold, so fearless. I loved like all boy things really I was a tomboy I played all the sports I just uh -huh. loved the adventure and then um I just had I got involved with the wrong friends that's I'm really passionate about choosing friends wisely and I didn't you know take that advice mm -hmm. from my parents and so one of my best friends she really uh her mom kind of let us do whatever we wanted and so that's where I started drinking and just getting in trouble you know with boys and um I you know, also my parents divorced when I was little, so I think that played a huge part in me mm -hmm. just wanting a, a male figure who's really supposed to be your protector and, you know, the mm -hmm. father gives you away when you're married, you know, he, right. um, I didn't have that. So I know now I was really searching for someone to just like love me. Oh. And uh, yeah. so I just, yeah, I had a friend who could have all the parties at her house and then when I was, I started drinking like when I was 13 and I'm from a small town where there's not a lot to do. So that's just kind of what people do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I was on my way, this is kind of when everything shifted. I was really confident, secure kid. And then, uh, I was drinking on the way to a basketball game. And then on the way home, I was very drunk and three of my closest guy friends, um, molested me. So that was like, uh, just really thrust me deeper into partying mm -hmm. and, I really became that girl like I that I never wanted to be. I would just drink to have fun and be secure, but then mm -hmm. I would make really bad choices when I was drinking. And so I was in that vicious cycle, very, very insecure, always thought everyone was talking about me. And mm -hmm. um, then mm -hmm. I did have a grandmother praying for me, though, mm -hmm. and I know she knows I had the wrong friends. I was pursuing all the wrong things and mm -hmm. just so, I mean, she could see. And... Um, my mom was a two-sport All-American athlete. She was an All-American in volleyball and basketball, so I really didn't have a chance. Like I was just pushed into sports from like age four, and I loved it. And I was mm -hmm. it was something that was I was naturally good at. But I had offers coming in to play at like bigger D1 schools, and um, there was one little school in Tennessee that I didn't have any desire to go to. Mm -hmm. um, but I just went to just make the coach happy because he kept bugging me about it, and I go there. And I meet the volleyball team. They take me to a party on my visit. And I got drunk, saw a bunch of cute boys. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. This school sounds good. <laughs> so I ended up what did you know? <laughs> it's so funny, though, because my grandma was praying for me. Like, God mm -hmm. has such a funny sense of humor. I signed four years at a Christian college. 
in a county that was dry that didn't sell alcohol. <laughs> then you went so, to a party at and decided yeah. to go to. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So it was just so funny. Like that's where I met my volleyball coach who was a powerhouse. She was such a godly woman. She was really a mom to me and I didn't like it. I was just like, why all the rules? You know, I didn't understand why I had to go to mandatory Bible studies and feature Christian athletes and chapels. And I would just, I was with the other athletes with my headphones and like, this is so dumb. Like, why am I here? I don't, I don't get the whole Jesus thing. So I was really running. I mean, even in college, I was still just same cycle with drinking and boys and searching. And um, then after college, I moved to New York for three months. My brother was living there. And that's when I really got involved in like the party scene and clubs and my first friends there were club promoters so that's where mm -hmm. stuff like really kind of went south for me sure. um and then so i always say i started working i just didn't value myself at all and mm. i you know yeah. if i would say if hooters if the restaurant hooters had like a rebellious stepdaughter that would be the restaurant i was working at it was, oh. like, it was, it was really wow <laughs> That's great. I was working like in a bikini at a restaurant on um like time in Times Square and so a bunch of like Wall Street businessmen would come here and mm -hmm. I just yeah I was a mess and I um my boss who was like twice my age was always hitting on me always inviting me to dinner and so when I I ended up going to dinner with him and like we had two bottles of wine and I don't remember anything after that like I actually mm -hmm. woke up naked in a penthouse the next day I didn't even know where I was or how I got there wow. and that was like the first time that ever had happened to me and um so I just was like you know these were the situations I would put myself in and the choices that I was making and mm. um I ended up moving to LA with my brother um and my like first month in LA I had like my greatest accomplishment of my career, which I signed with LA Models, which was like one of the biggest agencies there at the right, time. And like right. everyone on my Facebook was cheering me on. Everyone back home, you know, thought it was so amazing. I ended up getting in like every, um, I had an ad for Hawaiian Tropic like suntan lotion and it went in every major magazine. Like it was in Cosmo and Glamour and Vogue and all these like, wow. like literally every magazine. So people were cheering me on. But then shortly after that, from my like highest high, I just, kept living that lifestyle like I thought I could make any choice I wanted and no consequences would catch up to me like nothing mm -hmm. really nothing bad ever really happened to me mm -hmm. until it did um okay. I went from like the greatest accomplishment of my life everyone was cheering for me to finding myself in a clinic in North Hollywood and I had tested positive for herpes and so my whole world was just like shattered I mm -hmm. I got I was suicidal after that that pushed me even deeper into alcohol and you know just trying to like I was in denial even about it. I was just like oh my wow. gosh I'm disgusting no one's ever gonna love me like I'm never getting married I'll never have children like I just felt mm. so gross mm. and um so yeah after you know I had signed with that agency I was just like I don't know I, I was just deeper and deeper in that whole scene for I did that for seven years and mm. um and I ended up meeting a guy in Vegas. Uh, I went out to a pool party there for People Magazine and uh, met a guy there and he proposed to me. And then I moved in with him and then he made a lot of money and he wasn't like an old dude. He was like only two years older than me. Wow. <laughs> and he bought me everything and we traveled all over. And, but it was the most empty 
and depressed mm -hmm. I've ever been in my whole life. And wow. I was just always on something, you know, meeting him. That's when I started smoking weed and I started popping pills and I was taking mm -hmm. ecstasy and going to Vegas every other weekend to the pools. And, um, I always tell people like, sure, there's moments of fun, but the depression and the emptiness that followed was just horrible. And like, literally I was so suicidal all the time, just constantly mm. tormented with those thoughts and just wanting to end my life. And, you know, because it's counterfeit, it's not actual joy. It's right. like the enemy right. always like tempts us with these things that are, it's sin and it's, and it feels good in the moment, but it's so destructive and it all leads to just chaos. Right. Um, so I just finally had hit rock bottom with that. I was uh, at a pub crawl in Newport beach through my $50,000 engagement ring at my ex and someone called the cops at, on me for screaming. I don't remember any of it. And as I was sobering up, I was just like, again, hating who I'd become like hmm. all the self-hatred, all the things I'd done come spewing out when I was drunk. And I was trying to jump off the 10th floor of our balcony in Long Beach. And, um, wow. and then the next, I woke up the next day on the balcony and my brother who was, um, pretty much considered himself an atheist for a long, long time, uh, mm -hmm. started going to church because our very oh. fr first friend in LA was a pastor of a church on Halloween <laughs> and he invited yeah. us for six years and I was always like no 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 like look how God has pursued you Carrie and pursued you and pursued you every step of the way it's so beautiful okay keep going keep going yeah. <laughs> so I was like you know I I committed to going to church with him he invited me to church I committed to getting sober um and then just like started volunteering because I was just so selfish my whole life. Like everything mm -hmm. was just about me. And um, it's interesting though. Like once I started going, like I felt like every week the pastor was talking to me. <laughs> and I mean, so, yeah, like the first time I walked through those doors at that church, I felt this void be filled for the first time in my life. And when I started volunteering, I felt that void be filled like, Oh my gosh, I was coming to life because I was mm. doing something for someone else and, and serving. And I got like super plugged in at my church and was serving, meeting so many good friends, people who really cared about me. Like my friends in the past would like leave me at a bar to go home with some guy or like, I'd be paying for like a $50 cab ride home. You know, yeah. just, it was those kind of friendships. And, I was meeting people who like really cared about me and wanted to know me. And you know, when you're in the party world too, like you don't even ask questions. Like you don't even know the people you're wow. with. I didn't know anything about my friends. And so it was, I was finding a lot of life, like just being at church. And, mm. um, but I, my ex who I was engaged to uh, at the time, he was not going through what I was going through. It was like right. radical for me. And uh, I had to make a lot of really hard choices. Um, you know, I, and I'll never forget, I'm so thankful for these youth pastors who were so bold. And that's why I think I've, God's challenged me to be so bold and be loving. Cause I'm like, what is actually loving? Cause if I'm not telling someone the truth and love, like yes. that's not loving to me. And so they really told yeah. me the truth. We went in for, you know, I was like feeling conviction for the first time in my life, like sleeping with him. We live together. We're not married. We go see the youth pastors and at our church and they were just like, you know, we're not we're not judging you at all for how you're living but like if you want God's best for you like he gives mm. us such great guidelines for marriage and you know all of this and so I really believed them and it was the first time I had seen Christ-centered love like wow. I've never witnessed 
wow. Christ-centered love before. And God really spoke to me, like, you want that with this guy, but you're, it's not going to happen because he doesn't love me and he doesn't know my love. Like, it's you. I really understood the power of, like, being equally yoked in that moment. Wow. So I had to make a lot of hard choices. And once I, like, officially was just done and, um, mo like, moved on from that relationship, it was not even a week later. I was like, I went to a retreat in the mountains. There was 800 people from my church there. And the first time I was ever in worship and I was just like, God, you have to take these feelings because they're so real. And mm -hmm. I, I know he's not the one for me. And I know that you have something else. <laughs> and so you got to take these feelings away. So I was just worshiping. And I felt like the Lord just like severed every feeling I had for him. Wow. And I felt nothing. And I felt like a new person. And I went to church the next week and was just like worshiping my heart out. And that's when I met my husband, who's a worship leader. <laughs> right? Oh, that's the God we serve. <laughs> I know. It's literally like the, I, there's a little picture. I, I have it on my phone. Um, it's a picture of Jesus holding a huge teddy bear behind him. And he's saying, yes, Trust me. She's like, can't let it go and can't give up what she knows is not, you know, her little teddy bear, life. her little teddy bear, when he's got the better one behind his back, ready, brand new, ready to give. Yes. I love, I love that picture. It's one of my favorite. And that's one that okay. I share with people too. So there's another like connection there. Like that's one of my favorite because it's so, so true. Good. When we surrender, when we let go of what we think is the best for us or we think is going to provide for us, like he was a billionaire. He he literally used you were living this life and this high life. And then but then when you say, God, I give it all to you, I surrender it all. And then literally really quickly, he was like, all right, this is your husband. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And it, what's so wild is like it wasn't it was everything I had prayed for, like as I was getting to know him. He had told me he was like waiting till marriage to have sex and he never drank or did any drugs or like he was just so different than anyone I'd ever met. And it didn't even make sense to me, but I really realized like, oh my goodness, this is God like giving me all the desires of my heart and what I want in another person. And I, and I really had to like, I had a point too where God was like, you need to become what you want. Like you, you know what I mean? Like I need to be it first. And so I don't know. It was wild. Just once I let go and trust him, like he's restored so much in my life. It's, it's unreal. Well, and I, I, one of the things that I wanted people to experience, and I feel like they probably have, cause I was having chills as you were talking is, is how, you know, how passionate you are and how you're not afraid to be bold now. And, and, and I heard you at a table as, as I was kind of passing by at later at dinner that night. And you were just like, my deepest desire is to serve God with everything and to just go where he wants me to go do what he wants me to do i'm paraphrasing a little bit um but you just the passion and the you could just see it with your whole being is is to bring honor and glory to god from somebody who's been on the other side who's lived that high life and so and so i love that i, I didn't know if, if you're done sharing the story if you have more to share and uh, you can keep going oh i was i was just gonna say when you talk about like having lived that i feel like I don't, I personally don't know a lot of people because it's hard um, leaving all of that, right? It's like hard to like, like leave Start that over. lifestyle fully. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just know a lot of people still have like one foot in, one foot out, but I really, I don't know. I just was like running to life. And I feel like even when I met my husband, it was like everyone was confused because he was a missionary and he had no money. Like, <laughs> you know, <what> I, mean? <laughs> I paid off his credit card debt. <laughs> 
I paid like five thousand dollars credit. I paid, and so it was so confusing to everyone. But I just knew, like, and that's where I'm like, oh man, I feel like so many girls are just pursuing like a rich dude. But like, you might pass an absolute gem that God has for you, and then you build something together. Like, how cool was that? You know, I mean, even being at where we are now, like in this mountaintop season, it was like six years of the valley, like believing in each other, encouraging each other when we had nothing and really depending on the Lord for every single mm-hmm. need financially. I mean, everything, but it's, it was a long so process. Sure, sure. And and it's in the valley where you grow strength and where you actually get to build endurance. It's because on the mountaintop, where is there to go from there? You can see a whole right. lot, but it's the valley and it's the hills and valleys before you get to the top. And so yeah. let's let's actually talk about your husband, Dustin. And he is an America's Got Talent winner. Um, and and he's kind of more recently come to fame and success. So how has that like shaped your life and your ministry together? It's been so cool, but it's like it's it's wild because there's been a lot of stuff like that was prayed over us like six years ago. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, it's been such a wild journey watching him like really watching God do so much in his heart too of just like, cause he's so talented. I mean, actually I didn't even, he was a musician when I met him. Like I never even saw a card trick, right? <laughs> this, this is like recent, like doing the tricks again. He did when he was like 12, but then he stopped. I mean, really till just a couple years ago, he started doing this again, but it's been cool watching God have him in this process. Like Christine Kanoy says, I actually have it pulled up here. If the light mm-hmm. shining on you is brighter than the light shining in you, the light on you will destroy you. Like Ooh. we, most of us don't allow God to develop us and take us through this process of refining mm-hmm. and not making it about us. And it's so easy to want to like have a platform and go for the platform. But I've watched him pursue the one. And like, mm-hmm. even when the pandemic started, it was like, who can we, he wasn't able to do events anymore. He had his own stage show. He wasn't able to perform, but he he was so faithful with the one and like who not missing who God has right in front of us, right? Like Mm -hmm. the discipleship of like really investing into a life and doing stuff that no one's ever going to see. Like no one saw that for literally, I think it was five months, the apartment we lived in in Virginia beach um, before Dustin got on America's Got Talent he was doing one trick for him a day, just bringing this guy so much joy who worked in the leasing office. This guy didn't know the Lord. I was like periodically just sharing my story with him. And then Dustin every day would just do a trick for him because God was like, okay, well you can't perform on stages, but what are you doing with your gifts now? Like, and so it was just, just so many things watching him be so faithful in that. And then also just being so generous financially, even when he never had a lot, like he taught me so much about generosity and, um, it's just so cool. Like, actually, a lot of people don't know this, but God has asked us to just really be radically generous, like, <laughs> to give more than we even have. Sometimes it's like, does it make sense? But right before, so we were living in Virginia Beach. This was after the pandemic started. We were living super simple. Like, I was cooking every meal at home. And just, yeah. you know, we were basically living off gig workers' unemployment because he couldn't book events. And he was working wow. events up until that started. So we were just living very simple. Well, a friend of ours in um, in Nashville had called us, and he was, like, super repentant 
over being in debt and was just like, I've been buying things to try to impress people and like mm. falling into the pressures of like Happened. culture, what I have to have. And mm -hmm. anyways, he was like drowning, like working two jobs, one at Target, could not get his head above the water. And oh. it was like $5,000 in debt. And so it was right at the same time that the government gave out those stimulus checks for $4,000. And so Dustin and I were praying and thinking, like, there's a lot we could do with the $4,000 right now. Because that was, like, a right. lot to us. We didn't have a lot. And um, we really felt like God put it on both of our hearts to give that to our friend. Wow. And so that was, like, the most we'd ever felt called to give with, like, the least we'd ever had. And just, it wasn't even a week later. I, I'll have to look at the exact date. It was, like, a few days later. He booked America's Got Talent. Like, he yeah. got on after that. And I feel like every time we've just been open-handed and let God just work through us financially, like, and it's not why we do it, but he just does. Like, it's always, okay, I can trust you with more. Okay, I can trust you yes. with more each time. But it's really, it's, it's been a while. So you literally have like walked out the parable of the talents that yeah. where <laughs> you truly walked it out where, and, and it's so fun. I love, I've talked to people about this too, of I love how the story in the Bible. And if you guys listening, I don't know what it is. There's a, you can, you can Google it, go to Dr. Google and, and Google the, the parable of the talents. And I love how talents back then was, was money prices of right. money. But talents now is a dual meeting. We understand that in the Bible, it was money, but also God has given us talents, specific yeah. gifts and talents. And, and so for us to be able to be either one of the people he buried his, it was given that he was given the least and he buried it. Reza to, took it and multiplied it, doubled it. And, and so that's what God desires. I mean, that's a very beautiful and very clear picture of how God says, go use the gifts and talents that I've given you. Go right. forth and multiply it and serve others with it. And you've literally walked it out by, oh, Lord, here's the 4K going it over there. And then he turns around and go, look how I bless you with it. Totally. <laughs> beautiful. It's I, amazing. It's, yeah, I just, and that's where I'm like, I, I have such a desire to see people just go all in and like go mm -hmm. for it. And I, God always speaks to me through analogies, like stuff that I can relate to. And I love snowboarding. It's like my absolute favorite thing on the oh, planet. Fun. It's so fun. It's such a rush. Like it's just amazing. But when I first learned, learned how to snowboard, I was on my heels the whole time. And if you don't actually mm -hmm. learn how to snowboard, and you just on your heels the whole time, you don't get to experience like the fullness of snowboarding. You don't get to feel that feeling of like carving, going from heel to toe, bombing down a mountain, the rush of wow. just like being in nature, everything's wide open and you're flying down a mountain. You don't get to feel that if you stay on your heels the whole time. And he told me like, this is the same with Christianity. If you're a Christian and you're just staying on your heels and you're being a spectator and you're not going all in with me, you have one foot in the world and one foot with me, like wow. you're not going to experience the fullness of the adventure I'm calling you to. Yeah. There's so much adventure and it's the stuff that we, it's, a, it's really about radical obedience, right? Like just mm -hmm. obeying him no matter what. And most of the time, it's not what I want to do. Like when yeah. he's asked me to do something, it's never what my flesh wants to do. Or, you know I mean? That's why I have to just say no to that and obey him. And when I do, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so much life here and yeah. so much adventure. And I feel like we just, we're missing it. That middle, yeah, that middle place of one foot in the world, one foot out, I think is like the worst place to be. Because even if you're just all in with the world, you're getting some kind of temporary satisfaction. But right. Like, Christians who are kind of the, in that lukewarm, like middle place, I have such a heart for them. Like, no, go for it. Like you have to go all in or you're just going to miss what he has and how he wants to use you. 
Well, and I think you've had multiple instances in your story about showing, about very clearly demonstrating that, that right there, what you were talking about of, of you were all in over here. And then there was, there was so much, there was no fulfillment. There was emptiness. There was a pain and suffering and that you were trying to fill it with the alcohol and the drugs and the sex. And, and it just, it wasn't. And then, and then how beautiful it is now that you are all in. And so I'm Carrie, your story is so dynamic and so powerful. And I am so excited for everybody who's listening here. And we're going to definitely need to have you back down the road for sure. And let people hear, you know, how things are continuing to transpire for you. And I mean, I'd love to talk sometime too. Like we're, we're running, running out of time here, but I'd love to talk and let people hear your story about adoption and how God has redeemed yeah. that. And with your two beautiful boys and, and the doors that he's opening with that is too but but before we wrap up here like i said we're gonna have to have you for sure have you back but um how can people like follow and support you and your family for whatever what you're stepping into next i know there's some stuff on the horizon that's kind of being kept quiet um but how can people support you or follow you the stuff people like in january so dustin's uh next performance which was super powerful he went to compete on agt all-stars and so that'll be airing in january i don't know the date yet but um and then i think just through facebook and youtube like i've i've felt more of a burden to just share even more so like um yeah, I'm going to be sharing a lot more on there, just like about our journey and the things I've learned, even just daily like revelations. Just, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm feeling it. I feel this urgency to just really put it out there. Um, yes. So, and well, I, I'll probably start, I think I'm going to start a TikTok too, just for like more of my story stuff. Like I have a poem testimony that I really want to post on there too. Awesome. But, so, you guys follow Carrie Tavella on on TikTok when she starts it. Now you have to go start it. You don't wait. No, I know. I start already it. have it. I have it. I just need to. <laughs> start putting some content on there because uh, people can go find it. I'm sure you have by the time this this comes out too. So yeah. um, they get, people start following you. But in people, I, I just appreciate your transparency so much, Carrie, and Thank your you. your heart to see people not struggle and to for pe- the, get get off the fence, get the lukewarm Christians off the fence, the people who say they believe but then go do the complete opposite. Right. So. Um, thank you so, so very much. Thank you. you. (laughs) No, it's such a blessing. Oh, I, this is so good. Your, your light shines bright and, um, and you're so much brighter than the light shining on you now, like (laughs) as you said. Thank you. Definitely. Well, so friends, they're listening for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning into this. Um, We'll be back with our next amazing modern day superhero in about two weeks until then. And as always go use your unique superpower to change someone's life for the better today. All right. Bye for now guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.